Episode 185 of the Bevan James Isle Show. Do you lack confidence? Radio team, welcome along to episode 185 of the Biv and James Isle Show, your weekly podcast on the, no, it's, it's a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Today I've got, I've got a Bevan show, so if, if you're newer to the show, what I do is one week I'll have an, well, one fortnight I'll have an interview, and then the next fortnight I'll kind of just do a Bevan show, and this is where I just share some stuff with you, and I always try to include some education and some strategies and things to help you improve, and uh, normally what I do is I kind of find a theme, and I kind of find a topic, and then I spend some time thinking and planning and kind of putting it all together before I sit with you, and voila, the show gets produced. But today, it's a little bit different. Today I'm 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 just gonna throw lots and lots of thoughts at you, um, and this may go anywhere. It may go anywhere. And normally, what I do is I normally sometimes on the show, what I'll do is I'll kind of do a bit before the main gist of the show, and then I do the main gist of the show, and then I come back in at the end and say goodbye. Well, today what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my music on pretty early, and I'm gonna go down a random path. And I'm going to share some thoughts and maybe some strategies with you. And uh, yeah, that's how it's going to roll. So before I even do that, I've got to do my patrons because it's been a it's been a tough time in fitness in the last period of time. And I've got to say, the patron support has been one of those moments each you know when I get the the payment from the patrons. It's there's I don't know like there's a moment of relief and um, you know like as much as I talk about it's been a tough time in fitness. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I've got a good business. I've been good with money all my life. I'm going to be okay. But there is a moment of relief. And um, it's, it's, it's just nice to have that. And I know a lot of us are experiencing that in our life right now. And, you know, just have those moments where you see something that just kind of goes, oh man, I'm going to be okay. And my life is going to be okay. I know that. But emotionally, we are all going through this experience, and so um, actually, really interesting. I had a day because it's been it's been tough for everyone, but it was also been tough for my business because unfortunately in New Zealand now, for those overseas, New Zealand's kind of been held up as a role model of how to deal with the COVID situation, and we have dealt with it extremely well. The country, uh, the leadership has done a great job in dealing with the health problems. Uh, when we look at the way that people in the country have behaved, we've, we're really kind of, majority of people, obviously there's a few people who maybe haven't stuck to the rules, but the majority of people have got on board what we have tried to do here. And it's been, the, the the great thing is, is the outcome is massive. The outcome is we're in a really good place right now where we actually are pretty close to getting back to a normal life without overseas travel. So that's been really cool. And a few weeks ago, they announced that fitness could get back together. And so we were pretty excited because it meant that I get my business running again. And so we kind of started our business up, but then it turned out that outdoor fitness had a lot more restrictions on it than what indoor fitness did. And uh, we had a day, uh, so so basically Joe and I had started our business up, we kind of got on there, yeah, we're back together, we had a couple of sessions, everyone was saying, oh, we love him being back in the group and everything, and then we had a day where we someone said, maybe you guys can't be doing what you're doing, and it, 
unfortunately for us, what had happened was they announced the, that we fitness could be back on, and we kind of sat in those rules saying yes, but then they actually changed it a couple of days later, and we didn't realise that, so we had to pull the plug. And there was a moment there where some someone in the leadership said, "Look, we could be at this level for another, you know, for months. It could be a long time before we're going back." And I'm a pretty positive soul, and I've always felt through this whole experience that I trust I'm going to be okay on the other side of this. But I did have one day, I had one day where I was like, what happens if it's six months before our business can start again? And it really got to me. Like, I I don't know if I got depressed, but I, I just got into that place where I was consumed by, where is this going to go, you know, like... What's the fear of this? And, it, and like as through this whole experience, I've been one of the fortunate people. A, in New Zealand, we've been very lucky because financially, our government has given us a subsidy if you aren't earning your income. So financially, you know, you could survive through this time and not really feel the effects of this time. But, you know, when you think about well, what happens if our business can't go for six months or even longer, that's a real worry. And, and I had a day where as much as, we know we're, we're going to be fine on the other side of this. I had a day where I was like, man, this this is pretty scary. And I, and, and I have to admit, at that time I thought, but, you know, and then the next day I was like, no, we'll be right and we'll work through it. And, and, you know, a week later we're fine. But many people aren't going to be fine. Many people right now are losing their businesses. Many people right now are losing their jobs. You know, this this is... A horrible time. Now, I, I fundamentally believe, and I remember I watched an interview of Warren Buffett a couple of weeks ago. I kind of loosely follow a bit of investing stuff. And uh, Warren Buffett, and you, he's just so positive through his time. And he talked about this thing of if you go back 150 years ago, you know, Americans were riding horses and carts. My thing is, and this is kind of my thing being Warren Buffett, my thing is, is I fundamentally believe that America is going to be a hundred, you know, better in 50 years from now. Now, um, that's that's how he looks, that he does think that that, that will be better. And I, I go to that place because I fundamentally believe that the world will be a better place as we move forward. And I fundamentally believe that people want to, you know, I think about when I wake up in the morning, each day I'm trying to improve myself and my world. So I, I believe that if most people have that perspective, and I, I know that not everyone does, but I do think that the majority of people out there are trying to each day make this thing that we have a little bit better, that while in this darkest moment, we will get up in a better place in a period of time, and hopefully a shorter period of time, than a longer period of time. And so even those people who are going through horrific, horrible times right now, I do fundamentally believe that most of them, and I met some of them won't, but a majority of them will wake up sometime in the future in a better place in their life. But it's still tough. It's still tough. And where do I start this little rant? Well, I started this little rant around the idea of you need those moments that, that make you think, I'm going to be right. I got There's some relief. And I have to admit, through this last period of time, through these last nine weeks, the patrons of this show have given me a little bit of that, and the patrons of my other podcast have given me a little bit of that. Even though deep down I probably know that I'm going to be fine, you just need those moments where you're going to go, I, I'm going to be all right. And it's important when we think about this, because I think it's important that we A, consciously look for it, but B, also 
we see the moments when they're there. We've got to grab onto them because right now that's kind of like that you're, you're drowning and you just need a little bit of air to hold on for another minute. And those little bit of moments can just give you that, that there because this time will pass and we want you to be able to get through it in a healthy way as possible. But when you're consumed by you know that horrible place, it's hard to see that. And so probably, A, I'm just, the reason I kind of started on this, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but the reason I wanted to start on this path is just to say thank you to the patrons, but also... You know, look for those moments in your life and then maybe also try to give those moments to other people as well. You know, and obviously with the patrons, they give me financial support with this show and so that's really helpful. But but it, it doesn't have to be financially to other people. Like it's interesting, one of the nice things about, you know, I had my, a couple of friends come over the other night, um, uh, two of our good friends, the Taylors and the Haycocks came around for dinner and it was the first social occasion that we'd had Um and you know what, we've, we've done really well to keep up with our social friends through Zoom through this time. So to our social kind of groups we caught up with. And um, it's been really cool to keep connected with some of the people in our lives. But when you have the, the kind of the, the people in the room laughing and doing what you do, that is one of those relief moments, isn't it? It's one of those moments where it's like, oh, your life, life is kind of getting back to normal. And so while with this A, look for them and own them, B... Um, you know, try to uh, give them to yourself. But see, also, maybe think about how you can give them to other people. You know, and, and often, let's be honest, it's just a bit of normality. Like I'm back at the gym right now, I'm teaching at the gym, and the gym members are loving it. And sure, they want to get back to their fitness, and that's really great, but it's just that this is what I did with my life. I, I went to the gym and I exercised. It's, it's relief because it feels like life's getting back to normal. So this started as, I'm just going to say thank you to the patrons, and it's ended in me <laughs> going into this big um, kind of detailed of why what they've given me has been really important and maybe how you can give that to other people. I'm just going to pause for a second because I want to name a few of the patrons. So give me two seconds. And I am back, and the first one is this lovely lady from the UK, Paula Green. Paula Green, I actually worked with Paula for a while, and she, Paula Green is an example of a woman who can grow and develop herself. She's the powerful punisher. Um, I hope you're doing really well, Paula. Uh, we've got Marion Clatt, the momentum. We've got George, the wild bull baker. We've got Mary, I've got the power. We've got Ginger, uh, the governor, Dave. Dave, Ginger Dave, that's, that's his name. Uh, Phoebe, the Stark Sanders, and then Michael, the hammer, Nook. These people all support the show. Thank you so much for those people who really support the show each time. And actually, I've had actually a couple of patrons increase their um, patronage, which you know who you are. Um, that's very, very generous of you, and it really means a lot to me. If you want to become a patron, I actually got some feedback from a new patron now saying that when you go onto the Patreon page, it shows how much I kind of get donated per show. Um, and she said it's a little bit confusing because it seems like that's maybe how much you have to donate per show. It's not. you. When you go through the Patreon process, what you do is you go to my website, click on support me, and then I will take you through a Patreon page. And what it shows, basically you donate how much you want to know. You can donate a dollar an episode. You can donate five million. And I really encourage five million an episode. Uh, so thank you to all the patrons of the show. You really mean a lot. And you've definitely given me those moments of relief that have actually helped through this last period of time. So thank you to that. Uh, I'm going to get into the main gist of the show. As I was saying before, this one here is Random Thoughts from Bev. Here we go. Oh, 
Jeez, where do I start? Random thoughts from Bev, eh? I'm going to tell you a story about what's happened to me over the last couple of days, a little bit, actually. Um, it's funny life. It's You know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, we've all got our own little philosophies. I'm not necessarily the person who thinks to himself, uh, life put this in front of you at the right time because that's what you needed. Uh, I'm not disregarding people who have that philosophy, but it's not something that I, um, you know, I, you know, it's not something I look for, for example. Um, I, but but yesterday I had one of those experiences. So I had a, where am I going to go with this? So I have somebody in my life who has achieved a massive amount of financial success in the last five years. Like a massive amount. Um, you know, because when you think about people who do well financially, it's kind of like, hmm, what am I going to say here? They, they, they've gone from being, you know, everyday kind of level to kind of doing well to booming well you know booming 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 well in a really short period of time and what the way they've gone about doing it is in a way that I've always had an option of walking down that path with as well um there's people who have supported them in this this achievement and there's people who would support me in doing the exact same thing and so I've always had in my my life this thing of I have a choice of how I want to spend my time and energy and there's, I have a very open door because I have some people in my life and some opportunity in my life to be able to walk down that path if I want to. And it's something um, that not many people have. And, and I could be like this person who I'm talking about before, who, I, you know, I could be booming, like booming, like seriously, mega wealthy in same kind of time frames if that's how I want to put my energy. Now, for me... This has always been a bit of a conflict in my life because ultimately, the way I'd go about doing it, and, and there's nothing about, there's nothing wrong with the way these people have gone about doing it. It's just not what I'm passionate about. Um, I'm passionate about helping people grow, um, develop themselves, and have exercise and fitness in their life, and to be healthy people. That's that's my passion in life, and I've made choices in my career to make that my career. You know, like I, I, I was speaking to a lovely lady by the name of Jackie Mills recently and I said, one thing I love about my career is I get to spend a lot of my time thinking about how to help people grow and develop themselves. Like I think it's a real luxury I get to do this. Uh, and so while I've had this opportunity to go down this path and, you know, this door's kind of always open for me, at the same time, I've kind of always been in this place where I was like, no, yeah, yeah. Doing that path's not what I'm passionate about, so I would be chasing it for the wrong reason. Uh, I actually, it was interesting, I, I don't know if you guys listen to Joe Rogan podcast, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a part fan of Joe Rogan podcast. I, I like some of his episodes, and then some of his episodes I'm not really into, and, uh, I th- you know, there's, there's some value in it. But he had Elon Musk on recently, and one thing I loved about Elon Musk's interview was uh, he talked about building the ultimate home. And, you know, Elon Musk, you, you, the thing you've got to realise is that he... he what he's achieved is pretty interesting and uh you know i'm doing this on monday the first of june in 2020 and they just did the spacex launch yesterday you know like look at like on my where i want to spend my thinking is you know health and fitness for my local region like look at the kind of thinking that he has to worry about and it was really interesting in this in this interview is because he talks about how um you know at first he did think about building the ultimate home and then he thought to himself do I really want to spend my life thinking about a house when I can be putting man on Mars or, you know, building cars that reduces fuel consumption? You know, like, 
I love that analogy because it's kind of like, where do you want to spend your energy? Now, while I have these these opportunities and, you know, these people who would open these doors for me, while I have them there for me, I've there's always these moments where it kind of really will pop its head up where I, I am attracted towards that place. There's these moments or occasion where I'm attracted towards that place and I kind of start to put my attention over there and go, maybe you do want to go down this path. You know, maybe, maybe you do because the rewards in one way, financially, are pretty appealing. So it kind of pops its head up occasionally. And when I see that, I kind of go, oh, no, Bevan, you know, think about your values, think about what you want to do with your life and go down, you know, think about that. So it's a conflict that I occasionally see. But for some reason, last weekend, I was consumed by this. Like I, I was overwhelmed, overwhelmingly consumed by it. Like I was like, I was getting to the point where I was like, no, no, you just got to do it. You, you know, like it was, like I remember on Saturday night, I, I couldn't go to sleep. I was just couldn't, I was consumed by it. And this whole idea of, you know, I want the rewards of that path. You know, I want that wealth. I want to be booming wealth in, you know, a short period of time. Now, it's not that I just open the door and it's given to me. There'd be development and learning and all the rest of it. But, you know, I, I do desire what they have. For me to have that, I'd have to give up the thing that I'm passionate about. I'd have to give up the thing I want to spend most of my time thinking about. I, you know, I'd, I'd have to think about another area of my life. I'd have to go down that path. But it, for some reason, and maybe it's the time that we're in, maybe it's the insecurity of the time we're in, maybe it's a vulnerability in me, um, maybe... There's insecurity in me at the moment. Um, you know, it's an uncertain time. As much as I, I said in the introduction, I am kind of secure and I think my future will be fine. You know, this is a time where you are looking for some answers. So maybe that's why this was so consuming right now. Um, so I was overwhelmed and I was owned by it. And you know what I mean. You know when you're owned by something where it just... You can't let it go. And, and I'm someone who thinks strategies, you know, go to the strategy aisles and you'll think, go, well, on Saturday night, I, I didn't go to be till two, I didn't go to sleep till like two in the morning. Uh, and it was just because I just couldn't let this go. And I'm, I'm not that person, I'm a good sleeper, I go to sleep and I never really, it's pretty rare, I'm going to have an experience of my thoughts will not let me go to sleep. So that happened. So I was just, you know, and even in the morning I woke up and much as I ended up getting some sleep, I still was in this place of, you know what, maybe just go forward it. Because for me to open that door is literally I just need to ring someone and say, hey, mate, I want to go down this path. Guide me. Then yesterday yesterday afternoon, it was kind of a, it's a long weekend. We're in New Zealand right now, so it's actually a day off work today, although I am working, but it's, it's a day off work today. And so uh, yesterday afternoon, we, Joe and I, I'd, I'd gone down a workout. I'd, actually, I watched a guy called Ryan. I, one guy I trained to do a marathon. He wanted to do a sub-three marathon. He hit his goal, and I went and watched him do his goal. I was pretty proud of him. And it's actually really important for the story. So I'm going, to, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on this. So there's a guy called Ryan Wood who I've been training to do a marathon. I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching, but Ryan asked me to, and so I said I would. And um, he'd done 17 marathons in his past. And he was, he's a good runner. And he'd always wanted to do under three hours, but his best was 3.08. And he'd always kind of fade in that last part of the marathon which is a real common thing and we started working together three months ago and I was coaching him in a more detailed way so he was paying for a service where I'm kind of guiding him a lot higher than maybe what I would within my running group um, and so yesterday 
he did a solo marathon because yesterday was the big day in Christchurch. We do our big marathon, and he was doing a solo marathon because, unfortunately, because of COVID, he couldn't do his marathon. And this guy is a great athlete, and the great athlete was what I say is like as a coach, what you do is you create a plan, you give them the learnings they need to do, and and hopefully a great athlete will apply those learnings. And, and up to race day, Ryan had applied those learnings, but unfortunately, in his past, he hadn't really delivered on race day to the goal that he'd hoped to achieve so as much as his goal was a 308 um you know he, he you know uh, sorry his goal was a sub three his best was a 308 and he probably was as many times where his ability showed that he probably could have done a 308 well yesterday he did a 256 and he absolutely did perfect execution of a plan like we talked before the race here's the plan here's what you need to do here's what all the you know bang 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 and i said your yeah, a goal was a sub three i said to him in a perfect day based on your training you could do a 256 but because you've only done a sub three we're gonna we're gonna manage the race for you around 258 which gives you a bit of a buffer so we can get that sub three in place and then you know b goal was a pb which is anything under 308 and then c goal would be you know just a beat you know we'll get close to 308 well he got above the a goal because the a goal was 358 or sorry 258 and he managed to do 256 which is basically what the best case scenario in this situation and he did it solo so in the, yesterday morning i got up i had this thing on my head about maybe i need to open this door to go down this path and then i go and i bike to the other side of town and i watch ryan do the last hour of his race and and he nails it and it's one of those moments where one of the greatest rewards is to help somebody else achieve something that is important to them. And you could see Ryan was just over the moon with his achievement. You know, he worked 17 marathons. You know, it's probably taken him five years, you know, to achieve this goal. And then he does it, you know, and, and you see the self-satisfaction in him. And, and then luckily for as a coach, because you've been a part of that experience, you get to Get, get a bit of that yourself, and it's a really cool thing. So then the morning of, the day where, the night where I've had no sleep because I'm thinking about maybe I need to go down this path, I have this experience that re- rewards and reinforces that part of me that I love, that what I want to do with my life is think and, and create worlds where you help people learn and grow. You know, and, and then I have this moment where this guy's had this big hurdle, and as part of and, and a I'm giving Ryan the effort here because he's done all the work, but I was a part of that moment which I helped him have a breakthrough in life. Pretty cool thing. And, you know, those are the things I want to measure in my life. And then I came home and it was a bit of a, you know, day off kind of feeling. So Joe and I, I read a book for a little bit and had a bit of a nap. And then um, I said, Joe, why don't we watch a movie? And we love a Tom Hanks movie. You know, and even as I'm watching this movie we watched yesterday, uh, I thought to myself, I wish Tom Hanks could bring out a movie every week because it's just this, he's a, it's just something about Tom Hanks that's comforting about him. And so we watched the movie called uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the one about Mr. Rogers. Now, an American listeners will know who Mr. Rogers are, and the international audience may know who he is, but I tell you what, you need to watch this movie. It is so well done. And the story is the story of an of a, a, an author who had to write a piece on Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers, if you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, was a children's television presenter on kind of a public access show. So pretty budjo show, but he just fought for teaching children to be accepting of themselves and teach them good tools to deal with life. And um, 
had a phenomenal career and, and in some ways he's the kind of person who was almost like the perfect person and, and it was almost too good to be true and so this this publisher this writer who's a bit of a cynic bit of a bad writes bad articles about people wasn't in a good place meets Mr. Rogers and goes through this experience I don't want to talk too much about the movie because it's pretty phenomenal uh, but it's it's one of those movies that makes you self-reflect and they do this bit in the movie where they actually they do the full fall breaking where they they just make you self-reflect and I oh man I'm almost tearing up and, and I, I don't normally cry at movies but this one had a note and the thing about the movie was it was one of those movies which made you think about what's really important to you. You know, what's really important to you. Um, and if I ever needed a day to think about that, yesterday was that day. Because when I wake up in the morning and I read my Bevan book, you know, what's important to me is very clear. My values are very clear how I want to spend my life is very clear. And in this moment where I was confronted with this very appealing and actually accessible option to me that was right there in front of me and, and, and actually I'm starting to kind of pull the handle on that door and starting to creep it open and ready to walk down it. To walk away from those things, that movie was just a real realignment. And... Uh, Great movie, Tom Hanks, great, definitely emotional. But the door closed. The door closed on that thing that had owned me on Saturday night. And it closed in a way that was like, again, I still, like the people, the, the guy I'm talking about early on who's done really well, I, I admire him. I, I, don't, I don't disrespect him. I think it's good on him because he's, 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 and he's, he's grown as a person through this process and he's really passionate about it. But it's not my passion. It's not my path. And yesterday through two experiences. A, I had an experience where I got to see the result of my work. I got to see the result of somebody growing in a way that maybe they didn't think was possible. And then I had this moment where maybe life did put this in front of me at the right moment. And after those two experiences, I realized that don't put your energy on the thing that you don't ultimately want, but that is appealing. Just get better at the thing you want to be great at. Be better at the great thing you want to be great at. Because, you know, like I, I'm lucky because I'm the person who people do come to for help. I, I get, you know, my running business, I'm so proud of what we've done with our community and, and how we've, what we've done. And, and, and that draws more people to our community because people see this, this is evidence of these people can help me. You know, I'm developing this product called My Movement right now, which I've been working on really hard. And it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help people, you know. And, and then, you know, like, you listen to me. You give me your time. You know, I'm just some guy in Christchurch who's trying to help people. And every couple of weeks, you, you download my podcast and you listen to me. And if I'm not adding value, that you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm already the person who I want to be. And so, if anything, just become better at it. You know, how do I add out more people? How do I have a deeper impact? You know, like it's... Keep your energy on the right thing. Keep your focus on the right thing. And in many ways, life will put that carrot over there that ultimately isn't the right carrot for you. And again, and the guy who I know who's done that well, I actually think... 
that was the right care for him. And the rewards of the path he's gone down financially are really great rewards, but I'm sure he's getting many other rewards as well. It's just not the rewards I need in my life. The rewards that I get are just as valuable. And so, you know, this is a moment, it's interesting how I kind of started today's show saying that it's a bit of a random show. But my first two key points are look for those moments of relief, isn't it? You know, look for those moments of relief was what I was talking about with the patrons early on. And now, now later on in the show, I'm kind of saying this is a time in your life where you've got to stay strong to who you are and, and what's important to you in your life. Because in desperate moments, sometimes we make desperate decisions. And what's going to be the cost of that? Because I'll go be honest, let's say there's two paths right now. Let's say I did open that door and said, you know what, go full on. I don't think I'd end up with a better life on the other side of this. I have a lot more money. And I definitely would have grown. But I'm not sure if I, I'd have, I, I guarantee I don't have a better life because I've been measuring things that aren't that important to me. Whereas the path that I want to stay on, I'll have more of those experiences like with Ryan. I have more experiences where I went to the runners this morning, you saw a group of people just being good to each other as people. You know, that's, I want more of that. And so on Saturday night when I was a little bit lost and consumed, the way I could have gone to sleep was to say, Bev, that's not your path. You, you're on your path. If anything, instead of worrying about this, how do you go deeper on this path? It's just a really important thing to think about right now because I know this is a horrible time for all of us. But don't let this time pull you off what's really important to you in your life. Because it's just too important. So that's my first main gist of the show. My second main gist of the show is I want to talk about a client I've been working with for a long time. And um, I'm going to pull up, while I'm talking to you here, I've actually gone to my Gmail and I'm pulling up homework. So what I do when I work with, a, when I mentor somebody is I have a chat, kind of catch up for an hour, kind of figure out where they're at, figure out what they need to work on, then I give them some homework. And uh, this man is a person I've worked with for years. I've worked with a long time. Uh, and I have, uh, when I think about clients, some clients you just get a short chunk of time with them because they've got one thing they want to work on and they move on. And then you have other clients who, when I first start working with clients, the way it tends to work is I like to see them a lot regularly at first. And then after a while, either they'll stay with that or that some people will move on or some people will just more like catch up, you know, randomly might be monthly or every couple of months and something it's more just like a resharp or just a reset and challenge uh, but this is a guy i catch up with pretty much every fortnight and this man has achieved so much growth in his life uh when we first started working together i struggled a lot with himself and and you know like depression ways and those types of ways um also just was very unkind to himself and and ultimately was kind of disappointed in himself really and in the last period and since we've been working together oh my god this this man is just an example of development just you know that if you were you we can overcome these things if we're willing to do the work now it's not going to be easy and it's going to take time but if you're willing to do the work you can you can do this. And a great example of this, when we first started working together, he was his self-talk was vicious. Vicious towards himself. He was just mean to himself. And uh we were we were so one of the things I got him to do is I got him to set alarms through his day. So like for example, 
just sit, in the morning you wake up and you go 10, 20, 10 21 uh, 12.33, uh, 1.00, or 3.08, and so on. And the alarms just randomly go off. And all you have to do is when the alarm goes off, you have to write down the thoughts that were in your head, what you were telling to yourself, or what we actually got with him was we got him to push record on his phone. He had to talk the thoughts in his head to just see what, what was happening in his life at that moment. Well, when we did this, and we did this years ago, he was, it was just horrible. He was just mean and angry and and. It was just horrible. And so the other day we were doing a session and, uh, and I was just doing one of those moments where I was just reaffirming how much he has grown. I was just like, mate, you, like, and I was just evidence, evidence, evidence. You've done this. You look at where you were there. Look at this, this, this and that. And I was, you know, because he, he just needed to see how much he had grown. And I, and, I, and I said, remember when you did this? And I said, does that Peter exist in your head anymore? And he said, oh, no, God, God he's long gone. And he actually still has those recordings and he hasn't gone back and listened to them. But... You know, he, that, that version, that vicious kind of mean bully to himself is no longer there. And it's just another example of how much this person has grown. But there's one area of his life where he lacks a bit of confidence. And the problem with his lack of confidence is it's not fear. And we, I wrote a statement in his email this is his homework email, and I'm going to say it to you because it's a really important statement. It says, your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability. So your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability. And what do I mean by that? Well, in this area of this person's life, it's a very important area of their life, and they spend a lot of time in this area, and they are very successful at it. So what we actually did is we broke down this area in, in the session, we broke down this area and we said, okay, well, to be successful in the area, what are the categories you need? And so let's just say, because I'm, 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 I don't want to give too much detail of this person, let's say it's piano playing, So because I play piano. So to be good at piano, you know, to be a good musician, let's say there's six different categories. So category one is you need to know your theory, you might need to be able to sight read, you need to be able to use your ear work, you need to be improvisation, and you need performance. So you might say those are the areas of competency to be a good piano player. So we kind of did this in the area that he worked on. We kind of said, okay, here's what you want to be to be great at this, here's the categories. Now, when we break down the different categories, this guy is great at all of them. And even so much that in the last session, what I did is I went through each category. So let's say it's again the piano playing. I said, okay, in the last two weeks, which has been two weeks since we caught up, can you show me an example of where you performed well on the piano? It's a metaphor for this example. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened was there was this thing here and I did this and bang, 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 bang. And then I went to the next category. And, and, and in the area we were working on film, there was like eight different categories. And then I said, okay, the next time. In the last two weeks, show me an example of where you did really well in sight reading. And he said, oh, well, there's a really good example where I did this, this and that. Now, when we look at the evidence of this person, he is a total success. He is, you know, if we're going to use the piano example, he's a really good pianist. Like, he, he, he can smash it out. And, and he's got the skill sets in all the different areas. And he also has lots of evidence he has lots of evidence to prove that he's a good pianist. But in his mind, he doesn't think he is. And so when I go back to that statement of, now let me pull it up here. The statement is, your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability. Your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability. So 
He lacks confidence and his evidence shows that he shouldn't because actually the evidence shows that he's really good at what he does. Now, I get it. Some people lack confidence because they're not very good in an area. And, you know, I've done podcasts on how you build confidence and, you know, I've talked about the scale, you know, where am I right now and how do I build evidence and so on. But for a lot of people, and you may be, as you're listening to this right now, you may be this person. For a lot of people, they lack confidence when actually they should own confidence. He he came up with a great analogy. Because the thing I've talked to him about is the biggest problem he has is he doesn't see it. You know, like when I went through that, that process of show me your piano skills and, you know, give me examples from the last two weeks, he had lots of evidence, but his eyes are closed to the evidence. And so what we, what we, he kind of came up with this analogy and he said, and he kind of got it. He said, you're right, Bevan, I, I, my biggest hurdle is me seeing my, my evidence me owning my confidence and he said he came up with this great analogy he said it's like I live in a beautiful house on the beach that gets the most amazing sunrise this beautiful sunrise and it's right there for me to see but I've got my blinds down I see this beautiful sunrise and it's right there for me to see but I've got my blinds down and that's where that statement of and again I've got to keep going back to my Gmail to click this up is your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability. So then, how do you improve this? Well, we kind of do what we just did with that client. And I have another example of another client who I did this with recently who um, had an era of their life where they were struggling. Actually, I won't go into that because I'm going to reinforce the same thing. But what we did with this client as we, we created some homework and we said what you need to do is you've got to look at those categories. So you came up through. So let's say gain the piano. So if you're listening to this right now, you might want to grab a piece of paper, pause and come back and, and work through this because it's, it's, it's a really, really great tool that can allow you to really own confidence in your life. And confidence is an important thing to have in your life because confidence opens up possibility and opportunity. So, you, you know, it, it, not arrogance, don't get me wrong, arrogance is not good, but confidence allows you to think you can do something and that you can grow in that area. So it's such an important thing to have. So what we did is we said, okay, well, we've defined those categories. He had eight categories that meant that to be good in this thing. So for me, it's the one I used before was piano playing. So to be a good piano player, I need to be, uh, you know, sight reading, so on, so on, so on. Then what you need to do is each day, at the end of your day, you have to reflect upon your day and read through the different skills or different categories that create greatness in this area. And you need to look for evidence that proves your ability in that area. You need to look for evidence that proves your ability in that area. Like I did with him. Hey, in this area here, where's the evidence in the last two weeks that you did well in this? Now, when, he, when you have done that, so you look for evidence. Now, one thing that's important to say here, it's not saying you you can't grow in this area. We all can evolve and we all can grow in any area of our life. But but when we're just doing this process, it's just about allowing yourself to see that actually I'm doing okay. And the reason is, is we need to find the evidence. So the first thing is, is choose your area. So where's an area of your life where you, have, you lack confidence, where actually, maybe if you look at the evidence and you own the evidence, you should have a higher level of confidence in yourself in this area. 
And also, maybe you just want to be better with your confidence in this area. So first of all, identify that area. Secondly, categorize it. So what are the, the categories that create confidence in the area? Like I do with piano sight reading, theory, ear, performance, and so on. Then what you do is each day at the end of the day, you just say, in these categories is the evidence of today that proves my ability in this area. So you're looking for that example. So, you know, when you're performing on the piano in front of other people, what's something that the evidence that shows you you can do this? And I'll be honest, because I've I've never really performed a lot in front of other people. So it's it's something that is you know, actually I'm not that confident in. And actually the evidence shows it because I haven't done a lot of it. And most of the time I've kind of get a bit nervous and I haven't done really that well with it. But a couple of weeks ago, I had some friends over where Marky Mark, my mate, got the guitar out. I got them the piano. A couple of the kids sang along with us. And I, you know, I did okay. You know, I managed to play whole songs. I mean, I probably did 12, 13 songs in a row. You know, that's evidence that I'm getting better. I wouldn't say I'm a great performer because I'm not yet. But there's evidence to show that, hey, you know, you can perform in front of people. So that's what you're looking to do is you're looking to see the evidence. And then what I, I said to my client is, you want to have an affirmation of ownership. An affirmation of ownership. And the affirmation we use is, that example is evidence that I am good in this area. So, let's just say my piano example. My piano example of playing with my friends is evidence that I am getting better, because I'm not good in this area yet, but I am getting better at performing in front of people. Okay? That that playing with the people is evidence of me getting it. And so that ownership statement is a you about a self-identifying that you're actually okay in this area. Now, my previous inner statement about performance is, oh, I, I lack a bit of confidence and I need to develop a bit of a skill. So the problem with that is I never go towards performance. Whereas because I now feel I'm getting better, so okay, well, next time I'll get up and I'll do it again. And, I'll, and, I'll think, and I already know the things I need to work on for next time. But what we want to do, and, I'll, and the, the, the example I was going to talk about with the other client is my other client had some areas around socially where they were worried about acceptance and how much other people cared for them. And for that reason, there are some flow-on effects of their behavior which just cause problems in their life. And so one, what we did is that same whole process. We said to them, all I want you to do is each day, at the end of your day, is you have to write down the evidence of when other people showed interest in you, when other people cared for you, and when other people were just kind of engaged with you and connected with you. I think there was kind of like four categories we came up with. When we caught up the next time, this person had changed because their fear of what if people don't care about me, what if people, you know, so on and so on, was disproved by the evidence. Because at the end of the day, they went like, geez, someone's asked me a question about this. Oh my God, my friend texted me to see if I'm okay. Oh, when I was having this conversation, we had this really great conversation. So when they saw the evidence, when they pulled up the blinds, the sun showed them, actually, my world cares about me. And with my client who, and we only, I haven't actually had the next session with my client, but, you know, I, I imagine they're going to have the same experience. They're going to start pulling up those blinds because they're going to see that evidence every day and they're going to be allowed to own the place where they are. Because this isn't about building an confidence in an area you don't have confidence. It's just allowing yourself to have what's already there. You know, the, the sun's there, pull those blinds up. Because when you do this, man, 
Imagine what that does. Like I said before, confidence builds possibility and opportunity. When you think you can do something, you put your hand up and you think you can grow in this area. And the thing about my client I'm talking about today is they are all really good, already really good at this area. So if you give them confidence and you let them own that, what does that do? Like, where does that go? If they're all really good? <sighs> Unbelievable place. So in my second part of the main gist of today's show, what I'm saying is, and again, I'm going to go back to my kids' email here. If you are someone who thinks that that statement of your confidence doesn't represent the evidence of your ability, you need to practice this. This needs to be a process in your day. Find the area, categorize the area. Each day at the end of the day, just read those areas, reflect and look for evidence that proves, and then use the ownership statement. The ownership statement, if this is evidence that proves that I'm the kind of person who can do this. If you can commit to this, like my client with the social side, you'll wake up in a very short period of time and you go, I am actually really good at this thing. Not in an arrogant way, but just in a way that allows you to open up possibility and walk further down that path. So those are the main gists of today's show. A, what was the first one I talked about? I can't remember. I've been on such a rant here, I can't remember what I talked about in that first part. The first part was, you, you're listening to me as I'm even, I, you know what it was. I started off talking about, oh, don't lose yourself in this moment. Don't lose yourself. If anything, fight harder for it in this moment. And then B, if you have your easy life where you should own confidence and you're not, do that process because it's unfair. And that's ultimately what, what, what we, it's unfair for you not to have that. You deserve it. You're allowed it. It's there. Just open up your blinds. Alrighty, I have actually got a question. I had a couple of questions. I've lost a couple of questions, guys. I'm sorry. I'm normally a pretty good system, but I have, have got a couple of questions here. I've got a question here from a triathlon coach by the name of Skip Slade. He's got, I have a question that maybe covered before, um, but I'd just love to get your feedback on it do you have rules or guidelines for your running group may they maybe they're stated clearly maybe they're just obvious to your coaches who just lead by example or squash anything that doesn't fit your vision your purpose or your principles since one of your goals is to get people up and moving and to love exercise especially helping those who have struggled i can't imagine you or your coaches allow someone to be negative or to body shame or something like that i thought it'd be interesting to answer that may trigger and something that you should share with. So, so I suppose the question is, and he's a, he's a running coach, uh, is what you know? Do we have rules around how we treat other people in the group, and what do you deal with if people aren't sticking to those rules? It's a really interesting question, actually. I've got to be really honest. We we don't. Um, but I think there's a couple of things. Well, we don't, have a, we don't have written rules, but I think there's a couple of things that are really important to think about here. Um, I'm, I'm writing my new book. I've told you about this, guys. And one of the things around writing my new book, one of the kind of stages is, is finding your fitness world. And when I talk about fitness world, I talk about there's a few different categories that really help people set them up for a fitness world. Like they have to find great leaders. They have to find people who you know, care for your ability and so on. But I talk about the culture. And when I think about culture, I love culture. I love thinking about culture as this thing that we're trying to create. And to me, culture is this. A great culture 
basically, I want, sorry for the pause here, but I'm just kind of thinking about the best way to turn this. In a great culture, you subconsciously know how to behave. In a great culture, you subconsciously know how to behave. It's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? In a great culture, you sub... Think about it. Think about the moments in your life where you've been in an amazing culture. You know, and, and what often happens in those cultures is, especially if it's one that's a higher level, is you just behave at a higher level. There's these kind of unwritten rules, and maybe they are written, maybe they are quite conscious. There are these rules of how we, this is how we behave when we're in this world. And then think about a culture that's been a crap culture. It's interesting, actually. I've got a client who's a manager, and he's come from a, he's come from a, a business which had an amazing culture amazing culture and he said it was really great everyone would turn up for work on time everyone worked really hard you had autonomy you didn't have to have breaks at a certain time because people just took their breaks but we knew everyone was going to do the work and and if there was a tough moment everyone put their hands on deck and you know and it was fun and light and he just said it was a really amazing culture and the performance of that culture was hugely successful and then recently he's gone into a new culture and it's the total opposite everyone's controlled everyone has to do things at a certain time no no one has trust so everyone has to go up the ladder it's a real kind of a cumbersome process so he's gone into a really bad culture and we're trying to design the new culture for him and this is what you know if you think about yourself in your life there's been places where there's been great cultures and places where there've been bad cultures, and actually, when we think about success strategies, one of the greatest things you can do is just make sure you choose a great culture when you're moving into conscious choices around worlds. So, for example, if you're going to choose a fitness product, try to choose one that has a proven great culture because the payoff that of that is massive. And I'd be really proud of my running business because our runners, and I always say this every time we do an award ceremony, is. The thing I love about our runners is they always show the great side of themselves to their group. And I, I jokingly say, you might be crap people outside of this group, but in the group, you pretty, you, you know, you show that great side. And that's because we've created a culture. Now, when we think about the culture, we have thought long and hard about the culture, but we haven't necessarily said, here's how you have to act in the group. We just, people learn when they become along that, oh, this is how you act in this group. But I do think there's one thing that's really important in this Skip's question because I imagine maybe what he's experiencing in his group is there is some negativity and there is some body shaming I don't know I don't know but you know maybe that's the reason he's asking this question leaders have to lead and leaders have to fight for the culture and that's really really important and it's hard because no one likes confrontation but you have to lead if you see someone in your culture behaving in a way that's counter and will have a negative effect on the culture and you do nothing about it, what you are saying is I'm giving permission for this to be a behavior that is acceptable in this culture. If you allow that to happen, there will just be a slow creep and then eventually that will be the culture. You'll, it'll be quite a toxic culture. Whereas a great leader has to catch it and then just let people know that's not good enough. And let people know this, you know, that's when you would maybe say, here are some rules um, that we you in this world. Because if you don't, you know, there's a, there's a great book I, I, I read years ago and it's talking about businesses that have a great founder. Um, I, I'm, I guarantee I've talked about this on the podcast before, but a great founder who leaves the business. So a great example is Steve Jobs leaves Apple. Steve Jobs leaves Apple, the business goes to crap. Steve Jobs comes back, the business goes really well. And there's many examples of businesses like that. The founder leaves, the business goes to crap. The founder comes back and the business does really well. And why is that? Because the founder knows what to fight for. 
So when Steve Jobs comes back, he goes, you guys are fighting for the wrong thing. Here's what we need to fight for. Here's the, here's the, here's the problem we need to be fighting for, putting our attention on. And to me, in a culture, that's the job of the leaders, is they know what to fight for. They know what to encourage, and they know what to promote. But then when they see those cracks in the armor, and those little bits that work against that, they catch it early, and they, they get on top of it in a wise way. So I suppose that's, that's probably my answer to that, Skip. If you are in a culture where that's the case, is you do need to get on top of it early, and you do need to, um, you know, you need to be the leader, because the leaders maintain the culture. And if the leaders maintain the culture, then, you know, because really, if you do do really well right now, you treat, you teach people it's that whole thing of the way you let the world treat you is how your world will treat you. It is a the way you let the world treat you is how the world will treat you. So if you let people act certain ways, they will. So I don't know, maybe something there in there for you skip. Anyway, if you want to become a patron of the show, you go to bevanjamesisles.com. I haven't read any reviews recently, but I'm going a bit long today. So on the next episode, I'll read out a review. Uh, if you want to help me um, get the podcast out there, putting reviews on like Spotify and iTunes and all those types of things, just help um, because it really makes a difference. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. If you do want a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com. It's on look for support me on the podcast page other than that I'll be back in a couple of weeks time for another interview um, thank you for um, being a, a supporter of the show and uh, yeah, have a great day and as I always say keep being you